When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, thank you for downloading the Manchester Football Social. Great show tonight. Uh, I'm Niall, by the way. And alongside me, we've got Stephen. Hello. We've got Pete on his debut. Yeah, making his debut you. on the Manchester <laughs> Football Social. Loads of stuff we talked about in the show. Manchester City getting to the FA Cup final. Another final. Another final. How many times? <laughs> I mean, we should play Stephen McInerney bingo. I think another final, <laughs> another final would come yeah. up quite a fair bit. Another game. Um, of course, yeah, another game. <laughs> and that next game coming up for City is the Champions League quarterfinal first leg against a, Spurs. Another f- quarter, a quarterfinal? Oh, oh, no. oh, no, Pete's <laughs> sick to the back teeth of Steve already <laughs> after one show. But we also talked about Manchester United's chances in the Champions League against Barcelona, which is coming up. Stick around till the end of the podcast. We'll be talking a little bit more about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and something weird to do with masks. Enjoy the show. Manchester Football Social. Hello, welcome to the Manchester Football Social. This is your platform to have your say on your club. So whether that be red or blue, United or City, you're in the right place. Manchester City through to yet another cup final after seeing off Brighton, but focus now turns to Spurs in the Champions League. Of course, European football is back on the agenda. How will Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United fare against the mighty Barcelona? Ole's at the wheel, but some are saying the wheels have come off already. What do you think? Get involved with tonight's Manchester Football Social. Give us a call 0345 717625. You can text us 87711 or send us a tweet using at MCR Footy Social. I'm Niall McCornan alongside me in the studio with his side in yet another cup final representing the blue side of Manchester. It's a steam company, a.k.a. Stephen McInerney. Hello, uh, Steve. Are you all right, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm very, I bet you're better than me. Though. I'm very good. We just keep winning and winning and winning. It's really nice. But I want to hear from City fans today about yet another final, uh, the FA Cup final for the season were there. And I also want to hear their City fans' thoughts on the game tomorrow against Spurs and how important will that new 
new arena actually be. New arena, I'm American now apparently. <laughs> new stadium B to Spurs' chances tomorrow and cities. You've been watching too much NFL, Steve. Yeah, apparently so. Too much NFL. Remember, but, you know. And the red representation this evening comes in the form of a debutant making his first Manchester football social start. It's digital sports journalist Pete Hall. Welcome to you, Pete. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, I imagine uh, as a Reds fan, mm-hmm. a Manchester United fan, you'd be looking at this Barcelona game and thinking, <laughs> oh, it's not easy. <laughs> well, after after PSG, everything downhill, isn't it? So anything else from here <laughs> is a bonus from now on. But I want to know, I want to hear from United fans to say, to think, do United, United's defence have what it takes to stop <laughs> Lionel Messi? I personally am a little bit worried. <laughs> I think one word might be able to sum that up. <laughs> that <laughs> one up. from me. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So why not start with Manchester United then? Of course, that massive Champions League quarter-final first leg uh, against the Catalan giants, as we as we like to call them. Um, Manchester United versus Barcelona. How fearful should United be of Barca? Because. To be perfectly honest, they've got this massive European pedigree. They've got Lionel Messi, they've got Suarez, they've got all these great players. Mm. Manchester United have not been great this season, although Solskjaer's come in and there's been a bit of a resurgence. Should, mm. should Manchester United be, be worried? Should fans be worried about how they might perform against Barca? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Barcelona sweeping aside everybody in the path again, uh, running away la- with La Liga. Um, but last season they struggled in the, in the Champions League. Lionel Messi especially himself uh, struggled. Um, but this season they've, they've found the form in, in Europe again. Messi's back, score. He's t- leading the, sc- the scoring charts in the Champions League. But it's not just about Messi as well. You've got <laughs> you've got Philip Coutinho has finally settled at Barcelona and he's starting to like look like the player that he signed from Liverpool and worth all that money. Mm. Luis Suarez is scoring goals again. Uh, Ivan Rakitic in midfield. Busquets is back running the show. There's so many options um, and we <laughs> now that. The crest of the Solskjaer wave has started to come down. It's crashed down. It has. Yeah, it's crashed. It. It's, <laughs> I told you. I told you it's, it's going to happen. Down. We're, we're start, we're, it's starting to, for United fans, it's starting to become a bit more real. And we're actually starting to realise that PSG was a fluke. You know, there was the, it was as, as lucky as, lucky as a, a result as, you could, as we could have got. Uh, in the circumstances, we were outplayed in both legs. If we're if we're brutally honest, and now we've got the arguably the best. Well, Mess City might be up there, but the the, <laughs> the, the, the best team in, the best team in the world coming to Old Trafford. I mean, there's that old saying though, Pete, that you make your own luck. You don't mm-hmm. you don't believe in that. You genuinely think the PSG game was a total fluke. I, PS, PSG got what they were got what they deserved. Uh, I, I, I was there. I just want to you know, throw that out. There. <laughs> um, I, I was there, and I, I remember it was, I was furious that Danny Alves. One one, half an hour in. There's, there's, you know, there's still work to be done for PSG, and he's doing kickups. He was doing kickups in the centre circle. This is buying trouble, isn't it? And I was just like, that. What are you doing? Mm. You know, I, I know we're, you, at, the, at the time we were getting passed off the park, and Eric Bailly was just spinning and spinning and spinning, looking dizzy. And then all, all it was going to take was another goal, and you never know. And they got what they deserved. But any other game, any other game, any other manager. Who didn't have who, who didn't have that feeling that Solskjaer's brought? Then yeah. does that does that come down to management though? Because I think Steve, I remember not long ago, was it Sterling or someone was doing some sort of tricks in the corner, and Pep Guardiola 
when absolutely spare. It's usually against United, yeah. <laughs> we usually keep the ball in the corner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fans love it, personally. More of that, please. More of that yeah. in football. But in general, yeah, it's it's making a point. I think, in general, he's not bothered about the tricks directly. He's more bothered about the focus that it mm. implies that they haven't got in that moment, if that makes sense. And um, I guess the PSG are quite an arrogant team, and yeah. it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch, really, could it, than the PSG in general? And I think it was worth it just for the meme of Neymar on the side yeah. looking terribly <laughs> sad. But I, I, I couldn't think of a worse thing, uh, worse team to play now for United at this stage, if I'm being yeah. honest. Given, like, I do think Solskjaer's, uh, I think he's, what he's done for United is great, and his energy is really, he's really likable in general. Yeah. He seems like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. But you do wonder. This is this is like the biggest, the biggest of challenges for him. Mm. Uh, Messi's probably never been better. The form he's on yeah. this season, and for a defense that unfortunately, like Calamity <laughs> Jones, is back as well. Like yeah. he's starting to look like he's at the side of Phil Jones that no one likes, and. Yeah. Um, you just worry. I mean, I mean, I'm not worried personally. I yeah, can't wait, but in general, very relaxed. Also. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. like a, it looks like a, a big game for United. Is there? A, is this possibly the worst team to play at the moment for you? No. Well, to be honest, like as I said earlier, I, I'm not. Oh, I, you know, if we went out, we got knocked out by Barcelona. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be crying yeah, for the rest of the week. Yeah, it's sure. Anything na- after. Jose's era, it was <laughs> everything. Everything was so angry and and so bitter that anything after that is a bonus. And just getting to this stage, I know that sounds so small time, doesn't it? it sounds like what City would, fans would say. But um, it's it's after after all that has happened in the past. This is just a bonus. So if United do quite well against Barcelona, I think United fans would just take that, just enjoy the occasion, and reminisce about the good old times. The good old times. Will mm. they return to Old Trafford under Solskjaer? <laughs> do you think, are you confident? Because at the time of the PSG game, there was such a buzz over that mm. result. It was massive. I mean, every United fan up and down the land, let alone yeah. in Manchester, was absolutely on cloud nine about that result. Yeah. I mean, those are the sort of results which Manchester United used to get on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, are, are we are we close to seeing that returning? Do you think, obviously, he's going to need time, Solskjaer? Yeah. But, I mean, in terms of seeing that happen again you feel like in terms of the confidence going into the yeah. Barcelona game is that is that on the horizon do you feel Pete? well I think I think um, rival fans especially have, have liked twisting the knife a little bit but I, I, I think he deserves more credit for his, his tactical side of the things than, he, than he's got it isn't just a matter of him yeah. coming in and waving to fans and, and smiling and not being as angry as Jose Mourinho was he does actually know what he's doing now and people you know, allude back to his time at Cardiff but he's learnt his lessons from them that was a long time ago on a very, very different situation. And he's come in and he's listened to advice from people like Fergie and other people. And he does actually know, he does actually have some tactical knowledge which people are overlooking. Mm. But whether he's going to turn things around... I mean, if you'd asked me three weeks ago, then I might, give you a diff- I might give you a different answer. I was chatting to a United fan today, a mate of mine, and I was saying, like, is there a worry that because of the, the era that defined my United and because Solskjaer was part of the mm. era, that so much of the club is defined by that, that that's held up to an unrealistic pedestal to try and make yeah. it for? And mm. it's like this whole pandering for that thing could actually yeah. be the one thing that holds you back. You know, this, I hate to say it, but the word history. You know, we've yeah, seen yeah, it held yeah. down yeah. Liverpool before. Could yeah. it be that... What you think you want isn't always what you yeah, need. Yeah, I'm worried yeah. if Solskjaer is nice as he is. I'm not worried. <laughs> but in general, like, could he be? Could he be the one thing that it's like getting back with an ex, but you know they've got mm. nice. Is it like a little bit like that? Almost like a clean break is needed, and this is only ever going to be. You cannot match Ferguson legacy. Yeah. I think we all know that it won't happen, yeah. and that's not unrealistic or unfair. It's just true. Yeah. Is it always going to be a little bit Fergie light, essentially? Yeah. And like, is that? It seems to me like that's what everyone's looking for. When maybe an acceptance that that's not going to happen is probably a wiser thing. 
I um I share the, the the sentiment that your friend has in that fact that I don't think that Fergie being omnipresent and being everywhere, mm. all seeing, all watching, it helps the club. It doesn't help the club, no. and it is never got. That is a one-off. What United fans of my age is all we've ever had. Well, you know, from the age of five when you started watching football was Fergie. Yeah. Fergie came in on my on my fifth birthday. You've just given your age away on radio. Not before before anyone tries to work it out. Let's carry on. Let's move, <laughs> move swiftly on. Is so all I've known is success. You know, eleven Premier League titles in that space of time is ridiculous. That will never ever happen again. And United fans need to realise that. And it doesn't help the Fergie being that all seeing all. Or hearing yes. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So why not talk to a Manchester United fan now on the line? We've got PDC darts referee and big red <laughs> Hugh Ware. He's, uh, he's on his way to the game as well on Wednesday. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. I'm just wondering, Hugh, how <laughs> nervous, how worried you are about facing Barcelona this week? Um, I wouldn't say I'm worried as such, because um, uh, like especially after PSG, um, I think we're, we're on a bit of a bonus, um, and also because of like how we went to Paris and you know what we had to do to try and get through, no one gave us a chance. We did it, um, so if we can do that, then why not beat Barcelona? I mean, it, Old Trafford must give you some sort of confidence because. Even in games this season where United have been behind, I think back to the Burnley game where they were two goals behind and they managed to drag it back and you kind of felt that old school atmosphere kind of being brought back into the stadium, you know, the old, the old Fergie time and all the rest of it. I mean, that's, that's got to be a positive for United, isn't it? The fact that it's at Old Trafford. Oh yeah, yes. I think, and I think in in all seriousness, like if we are to get through, we're going to have to win in the first leg by some sort of score, um, preferably without Barcelona scoring. Um, Simple as so that. that yeah. So that there's no way goal. That be a, might be a good idea. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I think we do have to win. Um, be it two one or 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 three one or three two. Um, give us something really to go for in that second leg. Um, to give us some sort of an advantage because we obviously can't um, hope for a PSG away part two um, because obviously the chances of that happening again are probably quite slim. Does does Pogba have to play well, Hugh, in your opinion, for United to have any chance? Um, I, I think he does um, because I, I think so much of the play goes through him and he, he, I mean, to give credit to him, no matter whether he's having a good game or a bad game, he's always got the courage to take the ball. Um, and to try to do something with it. And that's mm. something that I do like about him. Um, and I think the rest of the players realise that as well. You know, they're always looking to give it to him. Um, and he, he's got such a great range of passing. I mean, the first leg, when PSG came to Old Trafford, they really marked him out of the game. Yeah. Um, and he, ha he hasn't really had a great game for us, I, I think, since then either. Like, I, I'm against Wolves. He, he, he wasn't uh, at his best recently. And uh, But I, I think... It, I think he does have to play well, really, especially against the quality of opposition. You know, we need our best players to stand up as well. And uh, Pogba is absolutely, by far and away, one of our best players. So, yeah, I, I, we, we, we need a big performance from him, really, on uh, on Wednesday. Hugh, Hugh it's Pete here. Um, just a quick Hi. question, uh, along yes. with uh, to talk about your tactics for the night. You make it sound mm -hmm. you made it sound very simple. Uh, keeping Barcelona out and not scoring. Do you not? Do you think that the defense is capable of doing that, even if they have the strongest eleven out and the and you know even set up quite defensively? Are United, is United got the players to stop the likes of Messi and Suarez? 
I mean, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, I imagine Barcelona will score. Mm. I mean, you know, in, in all honesty, I do see that happening. But I think, you know, I, th- I think that since Solskjaer came in, I think defensively we have improved. Mm, um, we've kept a lot more clean sheets in the second half of the season than what we did in the first half. Mm. Um, of this season under Jose but uh, I, I mean I think it, it's going to need a team performance it's not just going to be able to be the flat back four keeping them yeah. out I think everyone is going to have to do their defensive duties Pogba um, you know people like Rashford and Martial if he plays you know they're all going to have to do their bit but I imagine that the game plan will probably be to absorb all the Barcelona possession and try and get them on the counter-attack is what I imagine is what's going to happen. Um, whether we like it or not, whether that actually does turn out to be our plan A or not, whether, you know, because even if our plan is to try and dominate the ball instead of Barcelona, somehow I think that's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are going to end up having to do a lot of the defending. Hugh, I know you're a busy man, so before I let you go, I remember talking to you and you're absolutely buzzing with, with what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was doing, but the announcement of his management um, becoming permanent was a, a bit of a strange time. You just lost to Arsenal and, and since then you'd obviously, you've lost to Wolverhampton Wanderers. I mean, what, what did you make of the, the timing? We I think we're all in agreement at the Manchester Football Social that after the PSG game was the perfect time to announce it, but United decided to hold off. I mean, what do you make of that? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I guess it's probably a bit strange. Like, it, it, you know, especially after the PSG game, yeah, why not announce it then? Why not announce it, like, straight afterwards? Mm. You know, just amongst all of that good feeling. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's, it's necessarily an issue, um, that, that, that timing. I don't, I don't put any of our defeats that we've had since down to that uh, timing of the decision, and I, I don't particularly put any blame on Solskjaer's door for those defeats either. I don't think he necessarily did anything wrong in terms of his team selections or his, his tactics in, the, in those games that, that we lost. We seem to be going through a bit of a strange period at the moment where we seem to be playing badly and winning and playing well and losing, like against Wolves on um, Tuesday. Mm. I actually thought we were, we were worth at least a point. Um, even with 10 men, I thought we, we might sneak a goal here and um, it, no one could complain Like if we did come away with something. Um, so, no, I, I, I don't see it as a, as a particular issue. I, I think they, they just decided to do it to just to help him with all the questions because every single press conference he was being asked about it. Um, I think it's, I think they just took the decision when they did, and yeah, maybe a bit strange, but I don't think it was a particularly massive issue, really. Hugh, great to chat to you, mate. Catch up soon and enjoy the game on Wednesday. Thank you. Yeah, see you guys. Speak to you soon, mate. Bye, bye. That was uh, Hugh Ware, darts referee for the yeah. PDC. Great guy. I uh, love mm. Hugh. Know him well. Um, and he, he was obviously talking about those defensive worries. I mean, that for me, I'm not a United fan, obviously, but mm. that for me would be my biggest concern. Mm. I mean, it's hard enough stopping Messi when you've got world-class <laughs> yeah. defenders in your team, let alone when you've got Smalling and Jones in your yeah. side. I, I disagree. I actually disagree. I, 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 don't, I don't think we can, United can go into the game set up to contain Barcelona yeah. just because there isn't the personnel there to do it. Um and in a game like this that's not one that you're expected to win, just just go for it. Just ride on that wave that you had before and just go for it. Um, attack, 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 attack. United United will, fans will love it, even if it doesn't work. So I, I, it's, it's, Solskjaer's not really got anything to lose in this particular game, so just go for it. Well, if you're a red listening in at home, what do you think? 0345 treble 17625 is the phone number. You can send us a text 87711. Also, you can tweet us at MCR Footy Social. But after the break, Stephen, we're going to be talking yep, about Manchester City 
and there's cup finals to talk about. There's it's Champions League quarterfinals so to talk about. It's just so good. It's, it's amazing. Just, you're inundated. You're up to your neck. He told 10-year-old me this. He would have told, called you a liar, but essentially, we've got too many games. You guys haven't got any games at the moment. <laughs> We're just there. We've got loads of games to spare. It's, it's really tiring, but great at the same time. Manchester City have games <laughs> coming out of their ears. We'll be talking about that next on the Manchester Football Social. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. Hello guys, welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. My name is Stephen McInerney, I'm in the studio with Niall and the debutante. Oh my God, I forgot your name, sorry Peter. Yes, yeah, there good. we go. Yeah, very good first time I've met him today, to be fair to me. He's about to hit me, I reckon. There's a bit of tension between Reds and Blues in the studio. <laughs> I nearly said Stuart, I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> Alright, I've been called worse. <laughs> sorry mate, anyway, I've been really bad about that. called worse at the Etihad, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> well, definitely has. But anyway, it was a very good weekend for Manchester City Football Club yet again. I sound like a stuck record there. If you want to hear what City fans think of yet another FA Cup final you can call in on 0345 717625 or you can text on 87711 so we've got to talk about City now for the next like 15 minutes or so and where else can we start uh, Niall's got a very special guest on the phone it's from Ina the legend yeah. who challenged Kirsty Gallagher absolutely so if you missed this by the way at the weekend on another radio station Kirsty Gallagher was uh, talking about how Manchester City fans were complacent because they didn't sell out their allocation at Wembley. Now, Ina decided to call in and give Kirsty a piece of her mind. And I'm glad you did, Ina. Thank you very much. Ina, you're a hero. <laughs> well, I don't feel like one, actually. In fact, I'm really quite surprised, to say the least, at... The, it's really put the cat amongst the pigeons, hasn't it? <laughs> um, you know, my my phone's been going all day. Um, you know, it, it's very clear from what's happened on um, Twitter that there's been a huge response to it. Mm. And I, I hope that the um, the outcome of this is the next time Miss Gallagher decides to call <laughs> any set of fans <laughs> complacent, yes, she, she might just think a bit harder about this. Um, well, I tell yeah, you what, been... Ina, on, on Twitter, Paul Lofthouse has got in touch with us and, and he said it's obvious that lots of this talk about attendance is coming from probably non-match-going rival fans, but I'm disappointed by the media and pundits' criticism rather than looking at the problem. And that's why I've got you on the phone today, Ina, because I want you to talk to me about what you think the problem is, and it's two letters and they are F-A. You're not happy with the F-A at all, are you? I think they are the most spineless bunch of <laughs> money-grabbing freebies group that we've... I mean, it's not just this essay. It's every essay we've had since I can remember having any interest in what they do. Just what do they do? I would love to know how many of them have season tickets, how many of them queue up like the of us being barged and jostled in rain and whatever is thrown at us. I rather suspect that they're all in the director's box eating prawn sandwiches. <laughs> you know, they do what what do they do apart from rip off the fans? You know, following any club is not a cheap process. No. And the more successful your club is, the more money that you are probably going to spend in terms of the stupidity, for instance, of having semi-finals at Wembley. This is a money-grabbing process. 
It was disgusting yesterday. There were kids near me and they had had to pay £70 for their tickets. How on earth can the FA justify that? You know, where does that choice of, you know, ticket value, where does it come from? I saw a post on one of the city websites and it was a granddad who takes his grandson and he said, look, it's £140. Even though he's a pensioner, it was a £10 concession by the FA. When we played in the Carabao Cup final, the concession was 50%. Now, the FA, to me, I've already made it clear, they are a useless organisation. I have not seen one good thing come out of the FA in mm. years. They have failed to control the discipline on the football pitch. And I know you all laugh at me. Give me an opportunity. I'd sort the discipline out on the pitch in 10 minutes because it's all common sense. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you at all. And I think we, we've spoken before, haven't we, Ina? We spoke earlier on. And I think there's there's so many facets to this, isn't there? I mean, there's obviously people maybe taking a, a jibe at Manchester City's support. Manchester City, historically, have always been a well-supported football club. Even 20 years ago, in 99, Main Road was full pretty much yep. every week. The legends, legendary stories of the Kipax. And um, I think people sometimes forget where Manchester City have actually come from as a football club. Yeah, you must also appreciate, though, to some extent that is being diluted because with success comes that dilution. You know, I grew up in Moss Side. Um, my grandson is a sixth-generation City fan. It doesn't get better than that. You can't <laughs> go further back than that. So, you know, I, I bleed blue blood, as does my son James. But we know who we are. We know that... When Manchester City was on its knees when we were in the third division, those 35,000 home gates kept Manchester City going. Without that support, we would have been in even more trouble than we already were. And I don't expect other people's fans to sort of, you know, oh, wow, great, Manchester City fans. But what I don't expect is someone like Kirsty Gallagher, who probably hasn't paid for a football game this season. She's a Liverpool supporter. She lives in London. How many times has she been to a football match? You know, my trip to London cost me £200. The problem is, isn't it, yeah. This is Sorry, the, the same problem is that's game. the thing, isn't it? Yeah, the fourth game in the space of four weeks in London. And after I spoke on the radio on Sunday, Saturday, there was a guy came on after me and I felt so sorry for him. He clearly didn't have a huge amount of expendable income, but he spent a whopping chunk of it on following City. But people looked at this game and they shouldn't be played at Wembley. It takes the magic of Wembley away to play semi-finals. So why are they played? They're played there through greed and money-making. You know why it's is it you think? A nonsense. Why is it you think it happens? I'm a City fan as well, like yourself, and I've been I've grown very tired of seeing all this kind of negativity towards City. Do you? I mean, personally, it does often feel like it's us against the world sometimes. And why do you think it's City in particular that get this kind of uh, emphasis on on empty seats and all that kind of stuff compared to other clubs? Because it does happen across the world, and Barcelona average thirty k less than their attendance, you know, every year. Uh, so why do you think it happens to City and not other clubs? It's surely you've worked it out. <laughs> it's money. It's money. It's all about...
about the money. I mean, you must just yawn. You know, it was mentioned on the phone-in on um, Saturday night. This whole thing about the money is green-eyed monsters. Do you, can you, do you really think that there is another club in this country that would have turned him away? Would have said, no, Shake, we don't want all your loot. We don't want you to build and create jobs with all the money that you've got. £250 million on a training centre with the jobs and everything that goes with it. The um, sports arena he's built for the locals. Mm. The sixth form centre he's built for the locals. No one talks about that. All they talk about is that we've bought the league. Well, you can buy all the players in the world, but if you don't do the right thing with them, you don't win the league, do you? No, sure. Ina, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on. I think you should come on our Manchester City show, Blooming Rising, <laughs> on a Tuesday sometime, if you fancy it, if you're up for it. I'd love to. Brilliant. I'd love to, because one of the things that's very frustrating about doing a phone-in is you say your piece, and then a whole load of drivel and rubbish follows you, and you don't get the chance. You're not talking about us, you are you? I hope. <laughs> no. But you don't get the chance to respond. I mean, there was a lot of rubbish spoken after me on Saturday, and you're driving along, and you're thinking, but that's just not true, and you don't get the chance to come back at someone. Yeah. Well, but you should listen you to the Manchester the Football Social instead, and we'll get you on the show, but it's been brilliant to chat to you, and now and we're going to... And great to speak to you, and I'll speak to you again soon, but now we're going to talk about what a legendary yep. caller that she is. Oh, oh Ina's wow. absolutely yeah. yeah, uh, And but she can how relate do we to follow the pain. Well, yeah. I don't well, know. I'll I try, I guess. We should just end the show there, I think. Yeah. I, I see the way we follow it is uh, celebrating Manchester City through to another oh, cup final, because after the noise of all this weekend, of all that kind of stuff, people forget that, once again, City just keep on winning, we keep finding a way to ground out games, and even though we didn't play that well the other day, mm. it didn't really matter. No. Because now, what I'm really happy about with this result is what it means now for the competition. I, we can just forget about it now. It's on the shelf, season. isn't it? Yeah, Until it's on the, the shelf. Over. And that's just so nice because essentially it's one less thing to think about, uh, mm. even though we have to think about it eventually, but we can just worry about it after the league's done. Yeah. Uh, and to me, I always maintain, like... Um, I, I love I love domestic trophies I really do because they feel attainable they feel within reach because they happen on your doorstep mm. Champions League would be amazing but I'm not expecting that a domestic treble though that sounds very attainable and that would still mm. be phenomenal and the fact that we've got this far now and with all due respect to Watford this feels like a trophy that we should be winning now um, because of our record against Watford because the players will be rested after mm. what hopefully hopefully is a successful league campaign yeah. it's just basically a really good time for the Man City fan because uh we just have this depth to this squad and this ability yeah. to ground out results. And also, I was quite happy that we didn't play. I wasn't happy that we didn't play well, but it's nice that we played well, won, and now we can focus for the Champions yeah. League game. Yeah. Definitely. It's like- and an early goal against Brighton, which, Pete, you've picked up on, that City have been coming out of the block- blocks pretty quickly this season. Yeah. And when they have done, they've been really hard to stop. It's incredible, really, how they do it. So there's 26 goals before the 20th minute mark in games this season. I and you're already... When Is that you play, league only or just in general? In, uh, all, com- all comps. Yeah. After yesterday. So when you're up against City, you're already going into this and look, you look at the football they're playing, you look at the record, look at the points they've got, the goals they've scored, and you're already thinking this is going to be a tall order. And then you fall behind after five minutes and, all, and your head will drop even further after that. If it's not already done so, coming into this game, 
with City's record are up against that. And then they just come out the, the blocks, score a goal, and it's so difficult to get past them. And the so well, at the back as well. It's like there's not much you can really do about um, the goal that we scored as well. I think yeah, it was yeah. just a, a moment of ingenuity from Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. And that's another thing, another reason for City fans to be excited. Yeah. A man who's got a great record, record against Spurs in general, scored a few against them. Kevin De Bruyne, his head now is catching up with his body, you know, yeah. in terms of his brain. He's been like a little bit lacking in terms of that sharpness. Out of sync, I think. Yeah. The way yeah. To describe it. And now it feels like he's, he's starting to do what his leg wants to do now. You know, essentially yeah. he's actually making the passes. And even though he was quiet after that, it was just a moment of like, genuinely looks simple. Yeah. But for De Bruyne, because he does it so often, that's what makes it genius because he just seems to be able to do it just like that. And the little kind of semi-glance, yeah. just fantastic. Mm. And that's the kind of quality that does decide a game. I remember last season, the 1-0 against Chelsea where yeah. just a rocket for 60, you know, for yeah. 30 yards in the 60th yeah. minute. He, he's capable of producing that and he could be crucial in the Champions it's League game. It's frightening that he's he could get better. For a rival fan, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's frightening that he could get better. It's, it's absolutely remarkable. Well, really. he's been, with all due respect to him, he's not really been involved this season because of his injuries and so on. And it feels like now... Motivated Kevin De Bruyne, a pent up yeah. Kevin De Bruyne, and he was saying afterwards as well. I think it was before the game actually. He was saying when he's injured, it feels like he's played uh, two seasons because yeah. it's, it's more tiring to be injured than it is actually to be yeah. out there because you have to do all twice as much uh, training and recuperation. So he's actually just wanting to play football. So a motivated Kevin De Bruyne uh, could spell a lot of danger for other teams <laughs> because it's like this. We were good enough anywhere as it was, but now we've yeah. got this like kind of oh, we got this this incredible player back as a kind of like ace card essentially to play and it's just so good Spurs have a new ground we'll talk about that in a sec but what I want to talk about is is Sergio Aguero he's missed the last two games he's had his mini mid-season holiday that I like to call it <laughs> happens every season he likes to have a couple of weeks off here and there he but he it. still scores more than 20 goals a season every season and he's I think what he's on is he on 200 Premier League goals yeah I think he's getting close isn't he he's, he's catching he's catching up towards the top end of that all-time goal scorer list that's yeah. for sure yeah. um, and I'm sure he's still got a couple of seasons left in him but how much of a, a benefit Pete will that be for Manchester City to have Aguero available again judging by what Pep Guardiola said yeah. in his press conference today Sergio will be fit for that game the thing about Aguero is like you said about his scoring record is that every season he's up there with the goals to goals to minutes ratio this season he's got the best he's got the best in the Premier League despite all the games that he's played this season and he and he's and he's been fit for the majority of the season yeah. this season and it's such a bonus because having a player like him as hungry as he is and he's another one like i just i always think that Shigeru for me as a uh, you know, as a United fan, it just feels like he's been around forever. It's yeah. just like just yeah. just give it up, you know, just go somewhere <laughs> go go somewhere else. It's just 14th season, I think. Yeah, actually. it's it's Matt, and I, I just assumed he was older than he is. He just doesn't seem to be aging. No, I well, totally agree with I, that. And it's just like when when did he even join? Like was it the eighties? Was it the nineties? I don't know. <laughs> he just he just always seems to just be there for us, and we've always got you know got that that goal that he scored. And he's like Benjamin Button. He gets yeah. he gets younger with this as yeah. the years roll by. More beautiful every year. He's got <laughs> yeah. some elixir of youth thing that way. I, I hope he has found the elixir of youth because but he's um, irreplaceable. He, he's a massive player for you. He's a big game player. You think back to the Liverpool game on that Thursday night before mm. Christmas. That was, or was it in January? I'm not sure, but it was, January, a, it yeah. was a huge moment for No Sergio one scores Aguero a goal in the league. No one scores a goal in the league because it's pure Aguero. He has this yeah. ability to, he's just got this really weird, like, geometrical head. He scores yeah. lots of choose angles. It's it's weird how yeah. he does it, but it's just a pure strength in his shots. It's just yeah. an absolute rocket. I think it's that element of surprise that tends to uh, do it so well. And you can't, honestly, you can't teach that. It's just something that's in his yeah. head that makes him try these things that others don't. Um, Aguero is phenomenal. Um, I said, I think on last week's show, if Aguero, he's on, I think he's on, I can't remember, 29 goals, I think he's on this season. Right. And if he gets um, 
anywhere near 40, which is very possible. It means City have won a couple more trophies, potentially, because yeah. it means he's scoring goals. So that's, I honestly feel like, presuming he's fit, Aguero's goal tally could tell where City are at the end of the season because he's just so crucial. Uh, and the fact that we've got someone like Gabriel Jesus anyway to step mm. in, you know. Not a bad uh, second. He's not a bad 17, 17 goals and he barely, barely even plays. Everyone it's says and he's having a bad season. Yeah, no, it's he's, mad. He's, it's so hard to be the uh, second person in line to Aguero because you, you just know that regardless of how good you are, you're not going to yeah. start because Aguero no. is Aguero. So it's just... Oh, what an option. Hopefully he plays tomorrow because he loves a goal as well against Spurs. Mm. And before we go to a quick break, we need to talk about Spurs' new stadium. Obviously, yeah. that massive, I think it's like 17,000 yeah. seater stand behind Pints the goal. fill from the bottom up. Oh, been, we've had that at Fratton Park in Portsmouth oh, for years. I've never, I've, I don't know what the big fuss is about that. <laughs> anyway, Manchester is blue on Twitter. He sent us a tweet using the handle at MCR Footy Social. You can do the same. He said, will the stadium make a difference tomorrow night? I don't think it will for a club like Manchester City. I think their players are seasoned enough and experienced yeah. enough to deal with that. Well, so, uh, if, you're playing, if, you, if you're playing in a Premier League game against a newly promoted side or someone that's not used to playing in these side of environments, then yeah. But for City players, De Bruyne said it today, uh, yeah. yesterday after the game. Um, no, it's not going to have any bearing. Well, I've got the quote up here from De Bruyne actually. He said, I don't care about the stadium. I care about the team we play. Everybody talks about the stadium like it's something special. Everybody has a stadium. Everybody has supporters. <laughs> They'll be up for it. Yeah. They'll probably be a little bit more excited, but in the end, it's a stadium supporters. If you go to Wembley with 80,000 or there with 62,000, it's going to be the same. It's not I'm like, sorry, yeah. Kev. It is special, though, isn't yeah. it? It's a beautiful <laughs> it stadium, but it is. It does but it's good. luxury, if anything. But like, my, City my players are going to get a better preparation. My taking is, well, genuinely, logically, how can you fear something that you don't know? Because we yeah, can't yeah. fear something that hasn't got reputation yet because yeah. literally there's only been like was one game there yeah, so it's yeah. like you can't genuinely be scared of uh, a new ground I'm sure the Spurs fans will be up for it but they'll be just as uh, even the Spurs players and the fans won't be used to being there so how can they um, if anything Spurs feel, should feel more pressure than yeah, Manchester yeah, City definitely yeah. City go there knowing that they could actually ruin their night you know yeah. like um, the biggest game so far at the stadium where I think it's actually more pressure on Spurs to actually up the game and the fans won't be used to the seat share they'll still yeah. be getting people around them <laughs> they won't be used to the acoustics and how yeah. it travels and it'll be a bit confusing it does look beautiful though I can't deny yeah, that yeah. it does look very good indeed and perhaps we'll talk about it more after this next break you can give us a call if you're a Manchester City fan or Manchester United fan listening in you're looking forward to the Champions League fixtures this week the number is 0345 treble 17625 maybe you're a Spurs fan and thinking we're doing your club a disservice <laughs> perhaps bring it on 87711 if you want to send a text or you can send us a tweet at MCR Footy Social is the handle on Twitter and we'll have more for you next on the Manchester Football Social Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. Welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. This is your platform to have your say on your football club, whether it be red or blue, whether it be Manchester United or Manchester City. That's what we're here for on the station that brings you all of your football news around Greater Manchester. I'm Niall McCorn. Alongside me in the studio, we've got Stephen McInerney. Hello. Hello, Stephen. We've got Pete Hall making his debut. Have Hello. you enjoyed it? You've not been subbed off yet. Which no, is no, I'm still here, which is, the, which is the main thing. That was my aim when I came in here. It's like, I've got to make it through to the end. <laughs> well, you're making it through. You're, you're holding your own. <laughs> and in the title race, it's fair to say Liverpool are holding their own <laughs> as well. And I just want to bring this little point up before we wrap up towards the end of the programme. Um, if Liverpool win the league, in my opinion, that makes them contend for the next five years in the Premier League. I think 
if they win the league, they're obviously going to have that momentum. They're going to have that buzz. They're going to attract players to the club. They'll keep a hold of their manager. And I think that will make them title contenders and they'll add another sort of uh, hat into the ring in terms of who's going to be contending for the Premier League over the next few years. I don't know what you guys I think. I think they're there already anyway, to be honest, yeah. contenders. But what I would say to count that, if City win the league, I think everyone else struggles to get near for the next two or three years because of Guardiola. I think you essentially mm. imagine how demoralising it would be to be Liverpool to come second with a record points total yeah. for that thing. You know, and they financially won't be able to compete because City at that point we, we spend that's what we do these days. Yeah. We'll, we'll buy a Fernandinho <laughs> replacement. We'll buy a, a new centre back or something yeah. like that. This summer City will invest, and I think. I would be more concerned if, for the rest of the teams if I was the rest of the teams if yeah. City win the league because I, I just don't see why it would change the season after. But mm. Liverpool, yeah, they'll be up there. Um, I think they're going to be up there given the investment. It depends. I think it all depends on Klopp. It genuinely depends on Klopp because I, I wonder how how long he will stay. If he keeps struggling to win, you know, trophies because how long will he? His because emo- he's very emotional. Klopp isn't he? In general, he's like got a lot of pride. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's his biggest strength while being his biggest weakness. But mm. how long would you think he'd accept this perennial kind of like second place oh, tag? It's, it's, it's is that a little bit harsh to call it perennial? I mean, mm. if Liverpool well, finish second this season to Manchester City, he loses cup finals. It genuinely the, does. They, but they'd be the best second place team in yeah. Premier League history. And how frustrating would that be? That's, yeah. that's the point I'm making. Like as, genuinely, as a United. Fan, we're we're now the stage of the season. We're clambering for something to cheer us up, you know, for the rest of the season. Because <laughs> it could be City, Liverpool, and Champions League final. It could be, it'd be them two at the top of the Premier League and the miles ahead of us. But with Liverpool, it'd be so good if Liverpool got ninety-seven points, which they can get. They can get ninety-seven points and still finish second. If for both 90. City and Liverpool win all the games, that is absolutely incredible. United, it's remarkable. United won the treble with seventy-nine points. Logic dictates as well that they wouldn't get anywhere near that the season after. They just, no. they just wouldn't. So, um, and then that mean, that means City would have had ninety-eight points yeah. and be two points off. Then, in, in terms of answering your question, Stephen, about like how long Klopp is stick around, he's only fifty-one, uh, so he will stick around for a while. And where do you go? Like, just he wasn't go back to Germany because he'd never, ever, ever go to Bayern Munich. Yeah, I agree. Um, Germany national side, maybe. Would you want Real Madrid's the poison chalice? Do you want to go there? That's only an eight, that's only eighteen months. Like, at can best. you visualise him at the Bernabeu? No, on I the mean he's line? he's he's not just he's, he's uh, he is the Juventus. he is the man at Liverpool. Everyone in the whole city absolutely loves him. Yeah. So they, he ain't going anywhere for a while. And yes, if he finishes second, they got to the Champions League final last year. There's it's the progress that they're making is massive. Is it, oh, it's that age? Is that argument that comes with Pochettino as well, isn't it? You know, it trophies in the cabinet. Is is the is winning a League Cup more? successful than finishing second and getting to the Champions League final some would say league. I know you're looking at me going League Cup because it's a trophy it's a trophy in the yeah, cabinet I love the League Cup it's you absolutely it's just baffling to me that Liverpool have lost one game yeah, one game and they still might not win the league it's in- absolutely incredible well, that's but you would, you, yeah, well you yeah, talk about really is. you talk it about is, the it pep is. effect Stephen you were talking to me before we went on air about your thoughts on Manchester United in terms of how close they might come to challenging for the title in the well, next few years. I was saying, actually, and this is a slightly uh, unpopular opinion, but I reckon, <laughs> and this is based on kind of logic and looking at what's happened to other teams around them, that, and it's probably well, by relative fault of their own, but just because of the success of the clubs around them, United may struggle to actually win the league for the next 10 years. <laughs> and that sounds crazy, but when you say... when 10 you bre- years? Yes, and when you, when you break down the fact that they've not won the league for, was it six years now or something like that? Mm-hmm. Fact, 
that doesn't sound that crazy given the fact that uh, the other teams around them are getting better. I'm yeah. not going to say you know, they're going to be terrible during that period. They could they could definitely be around it. But to finish a top four and to win the league these days, it's just so hard. So, and, what, has it been six years already for Manchester yeah. United? Yeah, this will be six years this year. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It's just my, I, I got a feeling in general, basically, because United are still very much looking for an identity. Um, I think Liverpool and Man City are just miles ahead at the moment as an organisation in terms of a recognised style and stability. I mean, it does depend on who comes on after Pep yeah. I guess because Pep has this very Pep basically goes into leagues and he controls domestic leagues he just does that um, it will be a lot more open after that I admit because you can't it would swan carry on to that level but I don't know I just if can't Pep see wins, winning if Pep wins four this season does he put his put <laughs> yeah. his pistols back into his holsters the it, gunslinger walking nah. off into the sunset you want to win the World Club Cup guarantee it that's how <laughs> yeah. Pep works that's the main one that's yeah. how it works that's what it? you want to you want to win it because when, when he said for. he said I won six trophies in a press conference recently you yeah. know, when he's like no I didn't win five it was six, it was six he, yeah. and he also said today as well actually he was ranting about how no one takes the community shield seriously he was saying <laughs> why does people say we've only got one trophy when what's the point in playing it otherwise yeah, it doesn't count does it count what, well he said why doesn't it count well, but sorry, Pep, it just doesn't. Why? We, no, we, really, why though? We, ca- we counted it when David Moyes won it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think they count it in Fergie's trophy yeah, hall yeah. as well. That's I'm actually not bothered either way. But why doesn't it count? <laughs> it's a it's a recognised competition. It's like it's, he thinks it's like a super cup, and they, he values yeah. the super cup. Well, yeah, because the super cup in Spain is big. Because that's like their that's like their charity shield. Well, that's big. It's over two legs. It's actually a bigger thing and literally a bigger trophy. It's absolutely enormous. <laughs> it's yeah. trophy. But the thing it's is, a big shield to be fair. We, if, <laughs> so it's a good it's a good point. If he, if they do win four this season, does he stick around? And also, in a, it would in be a, so, such a romantic way. In a, to end. in a weird way. If, if, if it might actually be quite good for United fans, is it to do with the quadruple? The fact that okay, we'll it'll, stop that, Liverpool, <laughs> it'll stop Liverpool. It'll stop Liverpool winning the league. And Pep one might think, actually, I don't need to stick around quite as long now. So you know, it might give United a better chance in a few years' time. Because Stephen's right; it depends. Literally, does depend on how long Pep Guardiola sticks around. He, he'll fulfil his contract at the very least, and uh, he's got another two seasons after this season. Uh, he's not the kind kind of person to break a contract. Never mind to his best friends in football. Yeah. And Cheeky and Soriano yeah. are the, they're the people who gave him his chance. There's, there's no way, unless there's some very strange mutual agreement, that he's leaving. Um, I don't think he's the kind of person to do that. Um, I think he'll just want to do better and yeah. win the club. World Club Cup, so uh, yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this. Haven't you got to win the Champions League first? (laughs) I think you'll, yeah, I think you'll want to win the Champions League. I always maintain though. Are you that bothered about Champions League? Of course, I want to win it. Yeah, but Premier League to me is always more important because, and I really, yeah, always because uh, I don't, I can't take any team seriously when Champions League don't win the domestic league. Hmm. Like if you, you remember when Liverpool won it, and then they had to change the rules just to get them in the next season because they didn't finish in the top four. Chelsea won it in 2012. They finished sixth, I think, that season. How can anyone say those? those teams are the best in Europe you can't they yeah. just they were just good in a cup competition it's like when you Greece won the Euro it's like they're not the best team in the Europe they just won a cup competition yeah. like and the Champions League is impossibly hard but mm. the only great teams are the ones who win the domestic double and the Champions League at the same time that's mm. why United begrudgingly their Champions League victories have been worthy because they've yeah. won the league as well well Whereas, in 99 we didn't we have to qualify no, I mean, but the season, but oh, you won the oh, league that, that, oh, year. Oh, that year. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying you won the yeah. league that year as well, yeah. so you basically confirmed domestic dominance and the European dominance. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool's won, Chelsea's won recently. Nah, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> surely, surely you'd rather the Champions League. You've already won, I know, no. I know you're saying in the same season, but you've already won the Premier League countless times, well not countless times, a few times. I'm not used to it yet. So. Champions League is one you haven't got, Steve. Honestly, and given who could go to, it's definitely got a bit, I've won a beat Liverpool to the league more than, than win the Champions League. Really, guaranteed. but even not just to, to silence the pep, haters it just, just because people say I don't that's care what, what Pep haters think I care as a City fan I don't care what people say of Pep I care what people say of City and we've never won back to back leagues in my lifetime so that to me is more important honestly I want to win the Champions League
Champions League. But I just I would feel sick winning the Champions League knowing that it'd be overshadowed by Liverpool fans no, celebrating it, for ten years about how that famous time they won the league. It would totally be overshadowed, and you know it would, given the not, media not, frenzy around not, it. Not over. It wouldn't be overshadowed. Winning the Champions League is winning the Champions League. No one would care though. People say you didn't win the best. So you could England. do a treble, but you'd still think that would be overshadowed by Liverpool fans lapping up the glory. Do you really think it wouldn't? Honestly, I don't know. it's not happened it's yet. Li- it's Liverpool fans. Let's get yeah. real here. We would never hear the end of it. Yeah. It'd be the famous Liverpool are back. Uh, people forget about City, statues of Clark at Liverpool Lime Street. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. yeah, yeah. yeah oh, we've God. heard it all. You know the replica yeah. shirts and the scarves yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah. Anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure this evening. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Stephen. Thank we were, uh, of course, going to do a little bit more on the podcast. This show, the Manchester Football Social, is available as a podcast. You can download it wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you are just solidly interested in listening to red content, then search for the Manchester United Football Social wherever you find your podcast. Or on a th- on a uh, Tuesday, you can listen to the Blue Moon Rising show and uh, download that as well. Just search Manchester City Football Social wherever you get your podcast. But it's been an absolute pleasure this evening. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow for the uh, Blue Moon Rising show. Indeed, Stephen will be back for that one. But thanks for tuning in to the Manchester Football Social. (laughs) Coming up next, we've got some great tunes on the evening show. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Thanks for listening to the Manchester Football Social. My name is Stephen McInerney. I've been here with Pete and Niall, of course. Don't forget as well, make sure you subscribe if you're new to the Manchester Football Social. It's on all the podcast providers. There's a City one as well, so if you search Manchester City Football Social and Manchester United Football Social, you can get your blue or your red news uh, sent straight uh, to your apps, your phones, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. But basically, today we're going to talk about a little bit more. Uh, today, we've just done that. Essentially, this is the end of the show. <laughs> I've lost what I'm saying. Too many games. Too, too, many games. <laughs> too many games. Too many games. more coherent than I am. Too many games. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's appointment we touched upon it upon it briefly during the show um why not after PSG Pete yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me um it is a strange one it's not it's not like there was other clubs clambering to, to steal Solskjaer from United's grasp um and there was so much to play for in the season um so much that could still go wrong in the season as well that could undo his earlier work so it did seem bizarre not to wait until the end of the season um or, well after PSG at least or even wait to the end of the season because Solskjaer would have done whatever he would have. He, he would have. If if United said, "We'll wait to the end of the season, then make a decision," Solskjaer would have been fine. There was that weird bit as well that happened when Mulder took the statement off yeah. their website, and you could kind of see it coming from a mile off. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. strike while the iron's hot. Surely, yeah. you just beaten PSG in the most dramatic of circumstances. I think yeah. if United had beaten PSG, I don't know, three two in normal time mm. or something like that. It wouldn't have been as effective as if they'd beat them in the last minute no. on, via a penalty. It just—I mean, that's the, the way there works. was a lot of clambering from the from the uh, from the fans to to get him signed up, and very much like if you didn't give it Solskjaer, there'd be mutiny. You know, there'd be blockading off Chester Road, and it just <laughs> people people would be going mad. Um, but there, there there was there's such an argument to say. Just wait, just wait that little bit longer and see. Things can unravel very quickly. Well, it was the timing for me as well. I had no, oh, I guess you had no problem with waiting, but what did the international break solve? Yeah, it was at the no. end of the international break. Yeah, what yeah, were yeah. they deciding during that period? Know, no to idea. me, I can actually understand why they didn't do it after that game because it would have looked incredibly reactionary. Mm. And if you read Woodward and you've had so much stick, uh, it's just another potential stick to be beaten with. It looks yeah. like he's just gone through emotion as yeah. opposed to logic. So I could understand that. But what I didn't quite get was like, well, why at the end of the international break? Mm. What's the significance of that? Maybe they were just thrashing out terms. You know, who knows? Yeah. Maybe there was some contractual stuff behind the scenes that we don't know about. Yeah. Maybe they had to ratify it with Mould. Um, I don't know. All I know is that I'm just glad the decision was made. So, so. Ollie's at the wheel. 
Who's in the passenger seat and who's in the back three seats? Because we've seen Mike Phelan, we've seen Kieran yeah. McKenna, we've seen Michael Carrick. <laughs> they haven't been given contracts as far as no. we're aware. Phil Jones in the boot. Yeah. Phil Jones in the boot. <laughs> but I mean, what's, what's the situation there, well, do you think, Pete? Because I think Ollie's not done it on his own and I don't want to no. discredit the man, but I mean, a lot of credit has to go to Phelan and Carrick and, and those behind the scenes as well. Yeah, now you're also forgetting that Fergie's at the control of the remote control <laughs> as well. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's more powers that be in play it's the here. It's electrics and Fergie's yeah. got the trigger. <laughs> I think when everyone keeps going, like, give credit to Mike Phelan and Carrick and all that kind of stuff, um, which I agree, is this not really kind of undermining his authority in general? Yeah. Would you hear Guardiola did really well? Would people going, make sure you say well done to Mikel Arteta and all the, and all the assistant coaches? You wouldn't say that about no. any other coach. No. The fact that people are doing this essentially is making a rod for yeah. Solskjaer's own authority. It's like it's yeah. essentially undermining him. And I think that's unintentional, but a side effect the of thing it. About fe- the thing about the feeling thing is that people want him in because it's that relic back to the third yeah. year, isn't it? And it's just, he's seen as that. If, it, if, he, was, if he worked under Fergie, well, it's like Fergie, a safety that, yeah, blanket. That it worked. If, just because he worked under Fergie, that means we can we can replicate that football that we used to play back then. And yes, you're right, Niall. There, there is more people behind the scenes. Michael Carrick is very highly rated at the club. Um, he's he's seen as this you know this next big thing in the coaching world potentially. Whether that's the road tinted view or not, I don't know. But um, there is a team. There is a team behind it. And Mike Feeling is is essential purely because they just get on well. But then he's got this other contract problem like like Solskjaer with Mulder with uh, Mike Feeler and the um, team in the A-League I can't the teams the, the names the Central Coast Mariners yes isn't it? Central uh, Coast Mariners yeah, in the, the one that Usain Bolt failed to play yes. for is yes. that where Mike yeah. Feeler was at yes yeah 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 and the, there's, there's some sort of deal there so they, they need to they need to sort that out but Get it all, yeah. Get it all done now. Now you got social. Get it all done and get the, keep the team in place because it, it is a, it is a team because f- people forget about the, the the role that coaches played in the Fergie time as well. So uh, the Steve McLarens and the yeah. And there's a lot of different characters in this Manchester United side which perhaps might not fit under Sir Alex Ferguson. And when I say that, I'm referring to to what people think about Jesse Lingard. He's 26 years old <laughs> and you see him on social media and you see him doing all this strange stuff and. You, you see him getting a lot of stick, to be quite frank. Yeah. But then in the FA Cup semi-final, Raul Jimenez for, for Wolves goes behind the goal, puts a mask on. You've got Yang running round in a Spider-Man mask. What's going on? What is going on? I think <laughs> you mask... You sound so there. I, I, I know, I sound, I sound <laughs> older than my So annoyed of like yeah. kids in football. Kids in, yeah. kids in football. The youth for today. Kids in mask. They should be booked. Yeah. They should be booked. That's um, my opinion. I think yeah. if you put a mask on, why not a yellow well, card? You put get it in one the for- rules. If it's in the rules, fair play. If not, then it's not. he's done nothing wrong. But literally, that's the way I see it. Is if he's, I don't know. He didn't really bother me the mask. Like it was, it was a bit. Yeah, bothered Troy Deeney. No, yeah. Troy Deeney isn't a, a word I can't say on air anyway. So <laughs> I'm sure. I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't. He'd come find you. He'll well, come yeah, and find yeah, you. Yeah, literally yeah. has history doing that as well. So yes, yeah. Very <laughs> so much like, so. Um, uh, in general, it's all facts. You can't get me over that. In general, um, it's the podcast. I don't know. You're okay. Footballers <laughs> are just. Apart from a few of them, they're, they're big children anyway, aren't they? They yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. grow up in a bubble of never, of never having to do anything themselves. And um, yeah. uh, Lingard's just an annoying person. I've seen his Snapchats and his Instagram stories, and he's he's like a kid with too much sugar in his system. Mm-hmm. Like um, uh, the Jimenez thing, he's just a mask. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was a wrestling mask, wasn't it? So yeah. I guess he was some nod to WrestleMania, yeah. or something like that. Well, I, um, I I think the other way, just scrap the, the whole shirt thing off. Any form of celebration, any form of passion killing, celebrations, passion killing in football really ir- irritates me. Um, you know, 
we need Ida on to talk about the FA again here, but like it's just that that anything like you don't need to book someone for over celebrating a last minute winner. You sh- no, yeah, absolutely. And what happened to the old school celebrations? I mean, the old double yeah. fist pump and getting the lifted up on the shoulders, over the shirt over yeah, your head, all that sort of stuff. I mean, you probably get booked for that. It, now. it probably all started with the old Babetto thing with the you know the baby, baby rocking. Yeah, I mean, yeah. celebrations have got a legendary place in football culture, haven't they? Yeah. Well, we got Millie rocks now and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we got people flossing and whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Griezmann, yeah. he's the worst. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> It's yes, it's celebrations of games, isn't it? And uh, I, I, I personally don't understand Computers. it. <laughs> modern Video things, games. yeah. Right. What's modern society like? Eh? Anyway, this has been the Manchester Football Social. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss another show, and leave us a nice little review as well. Thank you very much, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pete. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky. In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.